Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray, holistic physician. Thank you so much for joining us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard at 88.9 FM WQCS. Uh, also available via a uh, live stream uh, that is on TuneIn. So TuneIn is an app that you can download, listen to any radio um, station anywhere in the world via your electronic device, digital device, what have you. Um, however, you need to listen to Maximum Health Quality Living. <laughs> and uh, so use that as, as well as podcasting. So we are available via uh, public radio exchange as well as Apple um, Podcasts. So thank you for supporting us. And as always, we have a new guest every week. Uh, this show is, is, as always, very special, but um, something that we, we all uh, sort of need to just be aware of a little bit more. Uh, you know, I have patients that come in and say, Dr. Ken, you, you speak so softly, and, and uh, I need you to uh, speak louder because I have uh, hearing aids. And, and you know, these, this, I hear this here and there uh, over the years, and I have quite a few patients like that, but there are there is a need out there for awareness for hearing loss and some people have complete hearing loss and have no means to restore it some people come into this world without ever hearing the sound of a beautiful singing bird or a a cooing baby Um, and these are things we just don't really think of too much if we're blessed with hearing and however there is someone in the studio with us today who has thought about it for a long time the president of hearing partners of south florida dr nimit adam thank you for joining us thank you for having me yes so for what about two decades yeah hearing partners of south florida has been hearing the call and hearing the call is also the name of your nonprofit. Um, organization that is working to restore hearing and help those with uh, hearing loss all over the world. Yes, we've been offering hearing services globally and now locally. Yes. So um, it's it's an extreme pleasure because, like I said, it's something that a lot of us who have hearing abilities take for granted. But those without it, they obviously, there's something to be said about an aspect of life that we just, you know, that those people don't don't share in. Yeah, that's um, absolutely true. I think, you know, we don't pay attention to our hearing. It's kind of a passive mm-hmm. process. But for people with hearing loss, they work every day very hard mm-hmm. to hear. And I often give the example of imagining if you were on an overseas call yes. and you were getting crackling and you were working really hard to understand that conversation, getting a word or two here and there. That's kind of what a person with hearing loss lives with mm-hmm. every day. Wow. And... and it, like you said, it's 
to to give us that example and to describe it is something that most people with hearing mm-hmm. um, do not think you don't think about that. Exactly. Um, and I didn't, you know, interestingly enough, before this interview, uh, my wife and I, we, we love to uh, listen to different podcasts in the car. And one of our podcasts that we love is something called Time Crisis with a guy named Ezra Koenig, who um, had, was fortunate enough to interview Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. And some of us may or may not know or remember Huey Lewis in the news, a great uh, I do. <laughs> band, a rock band, singer, a lot of uh, hits and um turns out that he suffered hearing loss first in one ear then the other and he cannot perform because he has almost complete hearing he has complete hearing loss in one ear and almost complete in the other and there are days days when he can hear a little bit with extreme hearing aids um, and there are days where even with the hearing aids he cannot hear anything and one of the things that he said in his interview was that it has uh, he, he's learned to be alone a lot more Mm-hmm. Because when you cannot hear, it is actually a um, disheartening or, or a depressing feeling to be around groups of people, especially when you're social. That's so you're true. You're a social person. Yeah, yeah, I think we think of you know hearing loss as a physical impairment, but really it affects people socially. It affects them emotionally. Mm-hmm. It affects them cognitively and sometimes economically. So, you know, for a person that is like Huey Lewis, who is a performer and music was his life, his hearing loss developed from noise exposure. Mm-hmm. And so to not be able to hear when you're out socially, you tend to withdraw. Mm-hmm. And going out socially is not fun anymore. It becomes a source of you know, anxiety for people with hearing loss, so they tend to withdraw. Mm-hmm. So I always, you know, try to um, help people understand that when you develop hearing loss, you know, you're, we're looking at the whole person because it does affect so many aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Hearing Partners of South Florida is basically an audiology um, facility. And, um, and so give us some examples, because we're talking about hearing loss, but there, there's so many different examples. And you touched on it. You said, you know, there was noise exposure. You know, what are some examples uh, for our awareness as mm-hmm. audience who obviously were listening to the mm-hmm. show? Yeah. <laughs> so we are not uh, people of hearing loss, but we, we may have loved ones or we may have some impairment. Um, so give us some examples of where audiology um, has a place in, in our lives. Sure. So <clears throat> our organization basically is staffed by doctors of audiology, and we treat hearing loss, um, tinnitus, and balance. So, you know, these are three things that are a focus of our practice because there are patients that come in that will have debilitating tinnitus, that ringing in the ears. Yes. Um, and hearing loss may not be a factor for them, but the tinnitus is so loud that they can't function, they can't read. So in it quiet. impairs their hearing, but exactly, in a different way. Exactly, in a yes. different way. Right. Um, but f- in, in general, we're treating hearing loss and hearing loss from various etiologies. So, for instance, we'll see um, adults that come in that have lost hearing loss from some sort of impact, an airbag going off, a loud noise, and some kind of insult. Um, but generally, hearing loss is something that will develop as we age. So we tend to see it as the ear degenerates like any other part of our body. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call that presbycusis. And it's not something that you can necessarily prevent if it's related to aging. Mm-hmm. But it is something that you want to identify very early and treat early because really we don't hear with our ear. We hear with our brain. Oh, 
The mm. ear helps to transmit the sound, but it's the brain where we make sense out of what we've heard. Mm. And there's a lot of great research out now showing the relationship between hearing loss and dementia. And you know, the brain is supposed to receive sound. When you mm. think about going to sleep at night and you close your eyes, our brain doesn't need to have visual input 24-7, but you can't close your ears. You know, you go to sleep, you have to hear. It's partly for safety. You know, you have to be able to hear if somebody knocks on the door or the right. phone rings. Right. But as you develop to he develop hearing loss and it gradually gets worse, these safety signals start to deteriorate and, and then that's important to address. But really it's the quality of life, mm -hmm. right? Relationships start to suffer. Mm -hmm. um, you start to avoid social interactions. Um, the TV starts to go up. Right. You know, if, if it's really severe, Patients sometimes say family members avoid them because it's too difficult to communicate. Yes, yes, I've, um, yeah, I've seen so, that. So, so it really becomes an issue where our patients are starting to feel like they're really not living the life that they want to live. Right. Yeah. And it's not always that marital selective hearing we're talking about. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had I've had couples that our patients say, well, he seems to have better hearing when he's talking to other people, <laughs> not me. That selective yeah. hearing, right? Just add a little humor to something very serious, because this, is, this is, is something that affects lives in a, in a very deep way, like mm -hmm. you said. And, um, and and like you also said, there are ones, there's obviously from old age, mm -hmm. What happens when you are born with it, though? How, how do you see those patients differ from the gradual transition into hearing loss from those who are born without hearing? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, when it's a congenital hearing loss for whatever reason, whether it was genetic or um, developmental or whatever happened, <clears throat> those children, luckily for us in the United States, we have what's called uh, newborn hearing screening. And mm -hmm. so high-risk kids or kids, um, you know, in the NICU do get what's called autoacoustic emission testing to identify if they have hearing loss. Mm -hmm. um, if they fail that screening, they're followed up until we can clear them of hearing loss. Or if we identify hearing loss, we're going to try and treat that very early on. Mm -hmm. And so the studies have even shown that mild hearing loss affects educational success. So mm. we are very conservative um, and adamant about treating children with hearing loss. But if they have no hearing when they're born, um, they have options. You know, for, for some, the option is to not address the hearing with a cochlear implant or hearing aids. Maybe they're already a part of deaf culture. Maybe uh, the parents are deaf and they are ingrained in a deaf community. Right. And so that is a choice that they may make and, and is one choice. Um, today with the technology and cochlear implants, we are seeing children that are implanted as young as six months. Right. And the results are amazing because their speech sounds perfectly normal because we've been able to stimulate the brain early on. Yes. Now, um, Speaking of you know early versus late, there was one interesting story that you shared with me, and um, it was of a well, it, and it leads us to hearing the call, mm -hmm. right? So hearing the call is a nonprofit that you started. How how long ago? So hearing the call is a nonprofit started by audiologists around the country that wanted to do humanitarian work right. and created a um, nonprofit that was a national nonprofit with local 
extension. So we are just now starting the South Florida hearing the call. Okay. Um, and it basically comes from the need in our local community of people that need hearing health care but can't afford it. Okay. And so we have been working with um, local organizations and stakeholders kind of unofficially, but now it's going to be official. And we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, let everyone in our community know that these services are available. So we're very excited about that. And one of the ways you're letting people know is through a beautiful event that's coming up that's on the right. 16th. And we'll have to give some details. But I do want to engage our audience for a moment. Um, this, this event will feature Mandy Harvey. Mm-hmm. And Manny Harvey uh, became really famous mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, through the America's Got Talent show where she received the uh, golden buzzer. Um, she earned it from Simon, mm-hmm. which is not easy <laughs> to get. Um, and we want to play you that segment. It's about four minutes long, but I usually don't do that on this show. This is worthy of it because not only did it cause me to be in absolute tears <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because of its beauty yes. and it's and, and her triumph um, but uh, it's just a tremendous uh, song as well her, her singing mm-hmm. um, is, is touching but her story which they start off with in this segment is enlightening about late onset mm-hmm. hearing loss so have a listen hello hi how are you and what's your name uh, Mandy Harvey and who's this my interpreter. What's your name? Sarah. Nice to meet you, Sarah. Nice to meet you, you, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Doing well, thank you. Hello. Okay, Mandy, so I think I've worked this out. So you're deaf? Yes, I, I lost all my hearing when I was 18 years old. Wow, and how old are you now? Uh, 29, so it's 10 years. Wow. And Mandy, how did you lose your hearing, if you don't mind me asking? I have a connective tissue disorder, so basically I got sick and my nerves deteriorated. So you were singing before you lost your hearing? Yeah, I've been singing since I was four. So I I left music after I lost my hearing and then uh, figured out how to get back into singing with muscle memory, using visual tuners, and trusting my pitch. So your shoes are off because you're feeling the vibration. Is that how you're following the music? Yeah, I'm feeling the tempo, the the beat, uh, through the floor. And Mandy, what are you going to sing? I'm going to sing a song that I wrote called Try. Okay, can you tell me what it's about? After I lost my hearing, I gave up. But I want to do more with my life than just give up. So. Good for you. Okay, well, look, this is your moment, and good luck. Uh, okay.
Andy, I don't think you're going to need a translator for this. So that's uh, Mandy Harvey, and she received the golden buzzer, as you can hear from Simon, and on America's Got Talent. She will be at the uh, upcoming event on November 16th, and if you can tell us a little bit more about that event and how people can participate. Absolutely. So um, one of our audiologists from Hearing the Call saw the show and Mm -hmm. reached out to Mandy Harvey and invited her to uh, a Hearing the Call event. And once we met, we knew she would be an amazing spokesperson for for our cause, and she's been um, wonderful. She's done several concerts Mm -hmm. with Hearing the Call. And she, you know, is somebody that's remarkable in that she doesn't let her hearing loss define her. You know, I often introduce her as Mandy Harvey is a songwriter and singer that happens to be deaf. Right. Right. You know, sometimes I'll cringe when I'll see deaf singer because it doesn't define her, and she talks about that a lot, you know. Um, She's written a lovely book called Sensing the Rhythm, and in there she says, you know, music was her identity, and then when she lost it, she realized that it really wasn't. It was her gift. Mm -hmm. And so I think that she looks at her hearing loss, her deafness the same way, Mm -hmm. um, and that she's embraced it. And despite it, despite it, she's managed to make a wonderful life mm-hmm. doing the thing that she loves to do, and that is, you know, sing and, and entertain right. and right. Um, share her story. And that that's the power of the night, I think, is that she will wow you with her singing, mm-hmm. but she kind of intertwines storytelling with that um, while she signs, and it's just a remarkable event. Yeah. And she brings awareness to something that other people would just wouldn't normally think of, you know, or, or hold to heart. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when you hear her story, she says, you know, she sees her them introducing her. She walks on the stage. She sees people clapping, mm-hmm. but she doesn't hear it. Right. She knows the band has started playing, yeah. but she doesn't hear it. Right. And when you start to kind of visualize that, mm-hmm. it's amazing how she creates beautiful right. music. Right. And and she's giving beautiful music to us, but she doesn't hear it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, right. you know, mind-boggling, yeah. isn't and, it? You know, what I love, too, is obviously our, our audience heard in, in the in, in the segment, but she has to be barefoot in order to feel the vibration. Right. So she is listening to the music through her feet, right. essentially, right? Yeah. She's uh, feeling the vibration. Mm-hmm. She uses visual tuners to help her stay on pitch. A lot of visual cues from her band, they sign right. to each other. So there's absolutely excellent communication between her band members for her to stay on track but despite all that just her pitch and her melody and her intonation you would never know that Mm -hmm. she couldn't hear right now obviously uh, hearing partners of south florida that uh, tells us south florida (laughs) is is your focus uh, but then we touch on the fact that hearing the call non-for-profit that's global Exactly. And um, I've seen some video. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, you provided me with some of the video of work that's being done on a global effort. And those cases have got to be interesting um, because here we have access and, and choices, as you, as you explained, and different you know, implants and yeah. uh, AIDS and all of these sort of things. Um, there are places in the world that don't have access or choices and you're now making those choices and access available so tell us about those places and some of those situations 
We go around the world. We are in um, three countries in Africa. We're in the Middle East. We're in Ecuador, Guatemala, Argentina. And basically, we go into these areas and partner with local stakeholders. And initially, our goal is just to provide relief. We're assessing the need, providing hearing aids. We create a makeshift clinic wherever we go. And we basically are testing, we're cleaning ears, we're making ear molds, we're fitting hearing aids, and we're showing them how to use their hearing aids and then training people on the ground to continue the work. So w it's interesting for us because no matter what area we go into, we see a different type of hearing loss. Yes. You know, we go to the Middle East and the hearing loss that we um, encountered there was severe to profound case after case. And we realized that that was because it was genetic and had to okay. do with intermarriage. Oh, wow. And so the types of hearing aids that we take to the Middle East are power hearing aids. Okay. When we go to Mozambique, for example, we were seeing unusual audiogram configurations, and we c came to find out that the hearing loss there was a result of malaria and the medication that these people were oh, wow. taking to treat their malaria, which was very high in quinine. Okay. And so that's what we call ototoxic hearing loss. Okay. And we, you know, treat their hearing loss is more moderate. And so different type of hearing aids we take there. In Guatemala, we're doing young school-aged children in remote areas where we don't see a lot of hearing loss, but we see a lot of middle ear disease, infections, you know, hygiene issues. So we're doing a lot of cleaning. So it really um, is a surprise every time we walk into an area what we're going to see. But... You know, it's a fantastic opportunity to provide services in an area that may not receive them otherwise. Yes, and to see the looks on the children's faces Absolutely. who hadn't heard until the services were received, it was like night and day. It was their emotion and their um, their, their somber natures changed to one of glee mm -hmm. and surprise and, you know, elation. It was really beautiful to it's watch these videos. really the best part yeah. of what we do and what yeah. brings us joy as audiologists. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, it's interesting because you talk about some of these genetic uh, uh, predispositions mm -hmm. to congenital hearing uh, loss. And in our medicine, or when I say our, I practice holistic medicine, I learn Eastern mm -hmm. uh, views on how the body works energetically. And there's a tie in between the hearing development and the kidneys. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about, you know, um, the quinine and all of these sort of toxic, uh, you know, overuse of certain medications yeah. and development. And um, in, our, in our community, I don't know if you've seen an uptick as well in hearing and congenital hearing loss but it's it's always interesting to research how that connection is and things that we take maybe parents consume uh, during pregnancy and how that might contribute so yeah, yeah absolutely I think that you know we um, thankfully with medicine today and being able to identify the hearing loss gene and some yeah. of the you know taking precautions early on and advising mothers yeah. you know early uh, we can hopefully prevent hearing loss that's yeah. always the goal right is prevention yeah. before cure sure. so see so yeah, i always talk i talk to my patients about nutrition and other things that will help uh, bring health to the kidneys Absolutely. as the root of the of the ears yeah yeah <laughs> so and every uh, we I always tell them every organ has an opening so the lungs the nose obviously yeah uh, we talk about the spleen being the mouth and, and appetite um yeah. the liver the eyes and we see that with jaundice obviously yeah. if you have liver problems and the kidneys you know, here. So we've been connected tinnitus to um, he, uh, the kidney health. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that approach because really we, you know, we talk about comorbidities with hearing loss yeah. all, 
all the time, and I don't think patients realize that their diabetes affects their yes, hearing, their yeah. heart disease affects their hearing, um, you know, their lifestyle, their diet, all, all these yeah. things are so connected important. to their hearing health. And that's one thing that Huey Lewis even said. He's yeah. changed. He tried all the medications and all of the assistance, but now he's finally gone into a, a whole living mm-hmm. uh, approach, and he's doing better. Um, so right now, I want to uh, just give you the opportunity to share a little bit about the upcoming event mm-hmm. and how to be involved also with uh, Hearing the Call, the nonprofit, as well as uh, accessing Hearing Partners of South Florida. Yeah, so the event is going to be next Saturday at the Crest Theater in Old School Square in Delray Beach mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. Um, tickets can be purchased at the Crest Theater box office online, or um, you, you can call the box office. If you're unable to attend the event, but you would like to donate to Hearing the Call, you can go to hearingthecall.org, South Florida, and that's where you can um, make a donation, learn more about our organization. Um, we'd really love the community to support us in this event. It really will be a memorable night. It's hard to describe Mandy Harvey. You kind of have to be there. Yes. Um, so I hope that everybody will take the time to come out and um, you know, hear her sing, hear, hear her beautiful stories, and support this cause and support our community. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And for hearing the Partners of South Florida, um, hearing Partners of South Florida, how do they get in touch with So they can contact us. Um, Our website is um, myhearingpartners.com. Our main phone number is 561-638-6530. We treat anything and everything to do with hearing. Um, If you're suspecting any hearing loss or you're um, noticing tinnitus, tinnitus is often a sign of hearing loss starting to develop. I would urge you to come in and get a baseline hearing test and meet with one of our audiologists. Perfect. This has been Dr. Nimit Adam from Hearing Partners of South Florida and Hearing the Call. And this has been another Maximum Health Quality Living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Please, if you missed any portion of this show, iTunes podcast or the Public Radio Exchange. See you next time.